Welcome to ASAP Recovery, the recovery program for those seeking cure over maintenance. Thank you for joining us today as we take a look at where addiction recovery and the Word of God meet. Hey, welcome to the ASAP Recovery Podcast, the podcast for people in recovery. I'm Pastor Chuck, and I've uh, got a good show for you today. Uh, today's episode is called Getting to the Root of Your Addiction, uh, Episode 7 here, Getting to the Root of Your Addiction. Why do I drink? Why do I use? Why do I look at pornography? Why do I shoplift? You shouldn't be shoplifting. Everybody knows that. Amen, somebody. Hey, uh, with that, though, all joking aside, uh, we're going to talk about these things and uh, and more today. Um, but uh, just before we do, I wanted to say I'm really excited to be back after uh, taking a week off. Uh, some of you may or may not have noticed that we were not here last week. I think we have one faithful listener, and I want to shout out to my brother, uh, a.k.a. the Rhino, a.k.a. Uh, Little Rock Johnson. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Amen, somebody. For those of you watching on video right there, got a picture of uh, my brother Greg, our most faithful uh, listener here. I uh, got to say nothing against the rest of you guys, but Rhino's on there commenting every week. There's a picture of him and his daddy, uh, Dwayne uh, Sr. and Dwayne Jr. there. But uh, shout out Rhino, a.k.a. the jabroni, uh, but not the phony. Amen, somebody. So with that day, i uh, got a good show for you today. Shout out to Rhino. Uh, took last week off. A lot of stuff been going on. My kid turned 18, got her a car, been dealing with all that nonsense. Got to go down to the DMV when I leave here. That'll be fun. But I'm sure somebody down there needs to hear about Jesus. Amen. Somebody. I can do this all day. I can do this all day. Hey, uh, also, in addition to that, uh, my AC went out in the attic, and I've uh, been up there in the crawl space, which is not good for a 240-pound man in recovery trying to lose some weight, but uh, we're working on that, too. Uh, just a lot of stuff uh, going on, good stuff. Uh, one of the main things that's um, happening uh, since our, our last um, video, I'd shot the video and then uploaded it after I'd got the uh, the news, but I shot it before. Uh, maybe you've heard or have not heard, but the um, ASAP Recovery book that we've been working on, ASAP Recovery, Tearing Out the Old Foundation, has been accepted by the publisher. Amen, somebody. And with that, I think I said amen, somebody, some, uh, I don't know, six, seven times. I'm going to try to tone that down a little bit. I'm just excited. It's been a while. I feel like a caged animal or a dog that's inside all the time that gets to go out to the yard. So with that, the book's been accepted uh, this past week. Uh, Lisa and I signed the uh, the papers uh, with the publisher, Christian Faith Publishing. Uh, great organization, man. If anybody out there is looking to publish a book, I'll, I'll, I'll be telling you more about them in the days and weeks uh, to come. But they've given us our first homework assignments, and uh, we've, we've begun. Uh, so they said somewhere between six to nine months for the book to be published, but I'm thinking six. Uh, Lisa did some editing on that in advance, and uh, just a lot of good stuff happening. So with that, though, uh, what's happening today in your recovery and your walk with the Lord? And today we're talking about roots and why do we drink and uh, why do we um, do the things that uh, we do. Uh, And so with that, um, what is a root? What is a root? I'm glad you asked. Uh, Roots are kind of things that uh, take form when we're younger. Um, They're usually reactions or responses to... um, Actions done to us or reactions to actions done to us. Maybe uh, you had a, an absentee father. Maybe you had a, um, uh, a mean and spiteful mother or something like that. Uh, maybe you had somebody, uh, and, and, you know, uh, you didn't have any of those things. I, I don't know. 
Uh, but with that, a lot of times growing up, we, uh, we, we learn to adapt. You know, we're supposed to, to have families that love us unconditionally. We're supposed to have friends that would never stab us in the back. But, uh, when you live in a fallen world that's been fallen since the days of Genesis, uh, that's not what you're going to get. You know, I'm sure a lot of your parents and, and friends and uncles and family members did the best they could. But then there's also just flat out evil people out there. Uh, there's, uh, broken people, hurt people. And as the saying goes, hurt people, hurt people. Uh, uh, maybe you didn't get the job uh, you, you worked so hard for. Maybe you were passed over. Maybe you didn't get the guy or the girl, you know. Maybe uh, you can be in a room full of people and uh, feel alone. But why is that? Um, a lot of us will self-medicate due to these um, roots, these childhood issues that spring up. And uh, the addiction just kind of seems to come uh, natural to us when we uh, when we get older and we realize that we can self-medicate. There's lots of ways to self-medicate. There's negative ways. There's healthy ways. Uh, but with that, uh, today we're talking about roots and in particular uh, getting to the root of your addiction. And uh, I figured the best way to do that, uh, we talked about this in our ASAP Recovery Small Group that meets every Sunday at Grace Point at 930 in the library. We'd love for you to join us. We talked about that this past Sunday at, uh, at Grace Point, and I figured the best way for me to kind of lay this out so we can get to the root of your drinking and what triggers that root or hits that nerve um, with that is um, by sharing with you my root of um, why I do the things I do and uh, what, what hits me harder than anything or hits the nerve. And for me, for me, uh, I have a childhood issue of um, rejection, rejection. I, I want to be really, really careful how I... Um, how I say this or um, how I um, go about uh, sharing this with you. Uh, first of all, I want to say that, um, you know, I'm sure my parents did the best they can. They come from a different generation than, than we do. Uh, I love my parents, um, even if uh, we disagree on stuff from time to time. But uh, growing up uh, in the 80s, it was, a, it was a cool time, but it was also a different time than society's growing up now uh back in the 80s everyone didn't get a participation trophy <laughs> met somebody everyone didn't get a patch on the tush we got a what's the matter with you boy or you know speed up be faster this and that and what what's sewn into you is a uh performance-based model now i think that we've we've swung the pendulum too far in the opposite direction with the self-esteem mo- movement and the um participation trophies if you will but i grew up in a time where uh teachers you know it, it's funny uh I'm somewhat of a teacher, you know, of, of God's word, and, uh, you know, I realized early on that all people don't learn in the same way, you know, and I, I find that funny with, uh, you know, today's teachers in classrooms. I know they, they, they're they overburdened, um, you know, they've got more kids in their class than they can do or know what to do with, but that's, that's having a job, you know. Uh, I can't tell you how many warehouses I've worked at where it was unrealistic expectations, but if I didn't meet those expectations or the quota, I was fired. Whereas in today's schoolroom, you know, if a, if a child doesn't fit the mold, you know, of the rest of the class, you know, then with that, uh, we're told that this child's un, unteachable or unruly. But see, the thing is, God created children to be individuals, you know, and so therefore the same methods ain't going to work for everybody. Thomas Edison was sent home from school and told his parents that he was an idiot, you know, and his, his mom didn't read that letter to him. I wish I had that on, on standby. That'd be great for right now. But with that, man, Thomas Edison was told he was unteachable, that he was this and that. Man, the guy invented the light bulb and all these other different things, you know, the photo picture and stuff, I think it was. But with that, man, just everybody doesn't learn the same ways. But being a teacher nowadays is the only job where you can say, well, I didn't meet my quota. I didn't do what you hired me to do. Teach. 
you know, and uh, but that's okay. We'll just say this one's unteachable or that one's unteachable. We'll stamp them this. The, today's uh, current uh, recovery or today's current school model was built for the Industrial Revolution. It's the uh, student-to-teacher lecture model where you, uh, as the teacher, you recite a bunch of uh, information to the student, and they're supposed to repeat it back to you because they were training them to work in the warehouses. But we don't work like that any longer. And so with that, in the 80s, man, I didn't learn like everybody learned. I was told I was unteachable. I was unruly. And maybe I was. I was definitely unruly, no doubt about that. Amen, somebody. I did it again. But with that, um, instead, I was I was put in special ed classes. I was this and that. Now, lo and behold, uh, all these years later, I've written a book. And not only did I write a book, you know, just a bunch of ramblings of a man, mad, madman, it got accepted. The, the, the publishing company said, this is good. This is marketable. This is, this is needed. Those were the three measurable standards. And so with that, it's not that I, I wasn't able to learn. It's that I just didn't learn like everyone else. But because of that, I was dismissed. So with that comes a root of rejection. You know, I would get a lot of, Chuck, why can't you just sit there and be quiet? Chuck, why can't you just do the math homework? Chuck, why can't you just do this or this or this or that? Why can't you be more like this? Why can't you be more like that person? Why can't you? And see, what that does is, you know, again, I'm sure the people in my life did the best they could, but uh, the way it was perceived to a young broken boy, you know, develop in his developmental years is, that I'm rejected, no one loves me, and if I could just do so much or, or not talk on the bus or do this, then I would be accepted. And so what that did for me was it unintentionally created a root of rejection that, uh, that to this day haunts me. To this day, it hurts me. To this day, it causes my actions and reactions to life's conversations, life's demands, uh, what have you, what will you. And so with that, for me... I have a root issue of rejection. So when I got older, when I got older, let's 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 go into the addiction years. When I got older, uh man, when I came across the booze, I fell in love. I mean, it was instant. It was hard. It was head over heels in love with the booze. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but that's exactly what it was. And the reason that it happened like that for me is because when I started drinking, I didn't care what other people thought. It gave me courage. It gave me confidence. It, it removed, uh, temporarily at least, my feelings of inadequacy, my low self-esteem. And so with that, uh, I didn't know at the time it was a counterfeit courage. Uh, it gave me a loud mouth and, and not the butt to, to back it or cash it with. I was writing uh, checks my butt uh, couldn't cash, you know. And so with that, um, I instantly fell in love with the booze. It, it gave me this counterfeit sense of courage because I'd get so drunk, I didn't care what you thought. But then the next morning when I woke up hungover, then them feelings of inadequacy would just return. Uh, I'd be feeling like a loser. I'd be feeling like a letdown. I'd be feeling like if I could just do more. Now, uh, if, if you've ever heard the term um, perfectionist, uh, I'm a perfectionist. Uh, there's two types of perfectionism. And this is something I struggle with, with the rejection and the performance-based model to compensate for the rejection. Uh, one side of the perfectionist is that I can't meet these unrealistic expectations by put on myself by others or by myself. And so, therefore, I don't know where to start. It's too overwhelming. I'm going to do nothing. That's one side of the perfectionist coin. The other side is the side that I fall into today. Uh, that I'm going to fire all thrusters, deplete the bank, get to the point where I can't walk, do whatever it takes for as long as it takes in order to jump through all these fiery hoops that are laid before me. Now, that's what I have today. 
But that's not what I had back in my addiction. In my addiction days, I had the flip side of the coin where it was just too much. It was the bills were too much. Life was too much. Reality was too much. So I'm just going to do nothing except sit here and drink, you know, and then talk about how I'm the greatest thing uh, since sliced bread, you know. <laughs> and so uh, with that, uh, that's that's the rejection. That's the booze. That's how the root, my root of, of, of abandonment, rejection as, as a young man, carried over into my uh, drinking. Uh, but now, nowadays, in my sobriety, I've, I've become aware of that. Uh, I was in Teen Challenge. I didn't know what my root was. I didn't know anything about a root, you know. Uh, I knew Root was a movie. It was a really long one. I'd never seen it, you know, maybe one day. But uh, that's about all I knew about uh, Roots, you know. Uh, and so with that, uh, I got into Teen Challenge, and I'd been there a, a couple months, a good couple months. Uh, the, the the fog of addiction, I had four months in jail prior to that. The fog of addiction, it began to lift. I'm drawing near to God. I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying, you know, this and that. And then just one day, just I remember being in the chapel at Teen Challenge in uh, southwest Florida there, uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and, and let me know that I had a uh, a childhood issue of abandonment and rejection from uh, my upbringing and the and those around me. Again, not saying anything bad. I'm sure my, my, my friends, family, parents, school teachers, all of them did the best they could with what they had to work with. I'm not blame shifting my problems onto anybody else. Uh, no one in life is accountable for the hand they were dealt. Let me say this. No one in life is accountable for the hand they were dealt at birth. However, everyone in life is accountable for how you choose to play it. Amen. You, you can sit there and, and be the victim or the victor. You know, you can get bitter or you can get better. So I'm not uh, blame shifting my stuff and, and why I've done the things and all the hurt and pain that I've caused on other people on upbringing, parents, uh, friends, you know, principals, although there was a couple of you principals out there. You could have definitely did better. We'll get to them later. But with that, um, I'm in Teen Challenge. I'm in Teen Challenge. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, the Holy Spirit says you have a childhood issue of abandonment and rejection. And just all the pieces of the puzzle, like a, like a perfect mind or something, just I started seeing these squiggly lines. All these things just started coming into focus there and just like, yes, yes, and that's why I drank. And that's why uh, it made the uh, the symptoms kind of, it helped alleviate the symptoms of low self-esteem, feeling of inadequacy, performance-based model and that and so with that that was really good for me that was really good for me and then uh you know to you know step one in any program is aware you know i'm aware there's a problem and it may or may not be worth looking into uh so on and so forth and so it let me know that okay this is why i do the things i do and now i'm aware of it so when, when you're aware of your root um and why you do the things you do it, it makes things uh, <clears throat> a lot easier uh, it makes things a lot better to where you're less susceptible to relapse. Now, some of you, excuse me one second, <clears throat> I should have got some water or some coffee in here. I'll have to call Lisa on the Bluetooth, have her bring me some in. But with that, uh, for me, for me, my childhood issue, my lifelong issue, uh, and even more than that, more than a root, uh, to me, to me, um, my root is my giant. My root is my Goliath. And I want to talk to you about the five stones for my Goliath here. So don't let me forget. I know your, your faithful listeners are watching. Rhino, that's you I'm talking about. If you smell what the rock is cooking. I got this new sound effect. I got to burn it up. And so uh, let me, remind me about the five stones, or I'll remind myself because it's just me here. But with that, uh, for me, the root issue was rejection. For you... Um, maybe your root is something else. Maybe it's a feeling of um, helplessness or a lack of control. Um, maybe your root issue is pride. 
Maybe your root issue is um, fear. Maybe your root issue is angry. You've just been angry your whole life, you know, and uh, you, you, you carry around unforgiveness, a word, a look. Uh, something said, something not said could set you off. Uh, these are good things, but what's feeding that anger? What's causing that anger? What contributed to that anger? Um, feelings of inadequacy, uh, low self-worth. Sorry, I wrote these down, so I'm looking down here. Um, you know, these are just a couple things that, that your root or your Goliath could be. But getting to the root of this is the beginning of healing. It's the, the beginning of the, the well, next to asking Jesus into your heart. Uh, after that, it's one of the first steps in finding your path to victory. Now, I don't know about you guys, but having an awareness of it that I got in Teen Challenge and I carried out with me, uh, it's helped me to know, okay, this is why I'm so upset. This is why I'm so depressed. This is why I'm this. This is why I'm that. But over the years, uh, in particular, the last couple years, the Lord showed me, like I have uh, root issues of abandonment and rejection, but abandonment is rejection. That's a form of reject rejection. So I realized my Goliath is rejection. So I got these five stones uh, or scriptures or promises, if you will. Uh, when David fought Goliath, uh, he went down to um, to the creek and picked up five smooth stones. And some people are like, well, why did he pick up five? Maybe he thought he was going to miss. Some people said, well, Goliath had uh, four brothers, you know. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know that he knew all that, but it's, it's a neat thought. Uh, but with that... Um, <clears throat> David went down to the creek and he picked up five stones. So I got these five stones of my own for when my Goliath, my uh, my root issue of rejection, comes after me. Uh, if it's a if it's a if it's a parent that says or does something that doesn't fit my box that hits my nerve, uh, I have a um, a scripture here from Isaiah forty nine fifteen to sixteen, I, and I got them written down here on my phone. I don't have them on the screen for those of you watching, but those of you on radio, you'll hear this. Uh, can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I, God, will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hand. Your walls are continually before me. I love that. Even though your mother may uh, forget you, even though your mother may reject you, even though your father may reject you, your uncle, your grandpa, your grandma, whatever, they may forget you, but I won't. Um, also, I have a lot of people in my... Uh, Close family and stuff like that. They know me as the addiction guy. They know me as the the dorky boy that couldn't set stool or or set cool in a class right there. And uh, so with that, it's very tough for people to see, especially people in my past, my old friends. They knew the uh, the old guy that everybody called the wild thing. You know, uh, nowadays I'm not that guy anymore. Wt. I'm the mild thing. If anything, I don't want to go anywhere or do anything. But a lot of them, uh, they're not able to see and receive uh, from the man I've become because they're still looking at me through the eyes of the past. And so Jesus ran into this. This is my second stone. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives and among his own home. He's like, man, uh, everybody else is able to receive from me as Jesus, the son of God, but not you guys because you're looking at the past instead of the present and what God's doing in the future. And so with that, when those closest to me just kind of don't see the uh, the life transformation, the radical change that God's done in my life, the self-sacrifice, the self-denial, uh, the eight years of seminary, the uh, dying to self, the uh, coming to this person and saying I'm wrong, and just this, all these different things where they don't see that and they reject me. Well, you're being judgy. The Bible says judge not. Well, the Bible also says you'll know them by their fruit, you know? And so with that, when they don't see that, this, this scripture helps me. Jesus dealt with this. He's like, man, a prophet's always without honor, uh, or is never without honor, except in his hometown among his relatives. Uh, Acts 14.22, when the people in the church or the people in recovery, man, you're trying to help them, you're trying to lift them up, man, but it's a lot of times it's uh, feeding the mouth that bites you. Uh, Acts 14.22 says, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom 
of God. Uh, somewhere along the lines, we forgot that, that Jesus never promised it was going to be easy. He just said it was going to be worth it. Um, John fifteen eighteen, and I'm going to come back to that one. Uh, Psalm twenty seven ten. For my father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Not saying my father's uh, forsaken me. My dad's got my back. Uh, he's the man. But uh, with that, just if if a, if a parent forsakes you, so I just got some scriptures here, uh, and also uh, a lot of times, man, I hate this. This is this is this is what stings uh, the rejection nerve the most, man. I'm I I don't want to come up to someone and say, hey man, hey lady, uh, you got a chink in your armor. Nothing. There is, I think I would rather go get a root canal than go up to you because you're not doing the right thing, because you're not listening to the voice of God. So, man, when God gives me these words, hey, I need you to go talk to this brother. I need you to go talk to this sister. Ezekiel uh, chapter 3 says, Behold, watchmen on the wall. And if I give you the word of warning to sound the trumpet to Israel, and you don't sound the trumpet and they die in their sins, their blood I'm going to require at your hands. It says that in Ezekiel 3 and again in Ezekiel 33. And so with that, let me let me break this down for you. God says, if I tell you to go talk to this brother and sister and you don't do it and they die in their sins, their blood I'm going to require at your hands. In other words, I am now guilty by association. Uh, it, it, it's not that your your sin has been accredited to my account, but at the same time, my hands are just as guilty as yours, and I didn't get the benefit of indulging in the in the sin for a season. You know, not that it is a benefit, but you get it. You know, I, I didn't uh, look at the pornography. I didn't go out and get drunk. I didn't go out and do this. I didn't partake in it, but at the same time, I'm still just as guilty as you are because God said, hey, listen, this brother's not listening to me. This sister's not listening to me. Uh, your family's not listening to me, whoever, you know, and I didn't go talk to that guy. Or the the Lord says, hey, talk to that homeless guy or talk to that person on the street corner or talk to that person at McDonald's, and I don't talk to him, then I am guilty. I am just as guilty of their sin. I'm guilty by association because I stuck my head in the sand like an ostrich. And so with that, man, people don't like that. And then what do they do? When you come up to a brother and a sister and you say, hey, listen, man, I need to talk to you. The Lord told me to tell you this. You got a chink in your armor. Man, uh, one of two things, fight or flight, you know. And so with that, usually the wall goes up and arrows start flying over at you. And well, you this and you that and you this and you this. That's another reason why it's important not to have any chinks in your own armor, man. Uh, Jesus says, you know, yeah, Judge not when he's talking about hypocrisy, he's like, you know, you say to your brother, you got a speck in your eye, but you got a, you know, a whole two by four in yours, so you better remove that. And, and then you'll be able to see clearly. Everyone's like, well, Judge not, you judge thyself. But Jesus said, no, here's, here's a proper way to do that. Remove the plank from your own eye, then you will see clearly to judge your brother's behavior. Read the rest of that verse there. So with that, um, a lot of times I got to do this. The Lord gives me these words. Well, I got to talk to this individual, man. I'm 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 filming here. You can't see it. If I take down this green screen, you'd see I'm in my room and my bed's over there. And my desk is here and my gem ellipticals over there. You know, I'm I'm multi multi talented functioning over here. But with that, man, the Lord gives me these words. I lay in my bed over there, man, and I just, man, I just toss and turn. Lord, how do you want me to say this, this, and that, man? I'm praying about it, man. Uh, they're the ones sinned, and I'm the one over here tossing and turning about it, man. And so, but anyways, man, if, if I've learned one thing in these years, uh, it's obedience, man. God tells me to do something, man. I'm not letting that build up, man. It's like cholesterol, man. You don't want to let that stuff build up. And so with that, man, I'm going to talk to you, man. Not that I want to, not that I get enjoyment or fulfillment. Like I said, I'd rather go get a root canal than do that because you're slipping. But with that, when I do a lot of times, man, the wall goes up and arrows start flying. And that's recovery, man. Uh, but man, and I wouldn't have it any other way because God took me out of my pit. I shook hands. I made the deal. I said, my life is forfeit. God, I will serve you. I will follow you. I pledge my allegiance to you. And so he took me out of this pit, and he put me in a more preferable one than the jail cell I was holding, you know. 
And so with that, man, the word no is not in my vocabulary as a man of God. So I go and I tell these people, and I don't do it in a mean, vengeful spirit. Usually I'm very, uh, very understanding, very graceful. But when I go there, a lot of times what I'm met with is rejection. A few years back, it hit me. I'm like, Lord, I have a chat. You told me in Teen Challenge I have a childhood issue of rejection. And with that, you put me in a line of ministry where I deal with abandonment and rejection all day long. Because usually what happens is you go talk to these individuals, they take offense, and then they take their ball and they go home. You know, uh, my pastor Scott, he always says people stay away for, for something, for, for a reason, you know, and I think those reasons are, um, shame. Or offense, you know, and in my line of work, it's usually offense, man. You called the brother out and said, hey, man, you know, this ain't, you know, all things are lawful, but not all things edify, you know, and this doesn't glorify God. And so usually uh, I was like, Lord, you put me in a line of work where I deal with my childhood issues of abandonment and rejection all day long. I talk to these people. They take their ball. They go, well, Pastor Chuck's this, Pastor Chuck's that. And, you know, man, I just, uh, it hits the nerve. It hurts. You know, I want to be able to just brush it off and, and walk on, but man, it gets them words get in there like poison. Uh, the ones that are, are, um, untrue, they still hurt. They still, it's like venom, man. They get through your system, through your bloodstream. Uh, some man thinketh in his heart, so he is. These people say, well, you're this and you're that, man. You, when you got low feelings of, uh, self-esteem as it is, man, um, you know, it hurts. So anyways, with that, uh, he gave me this one last stone, one last stone, and I'm going to start bringing this in. I'm going to start, we're going to start our descent after this. We're not landing. We're going to start our descent. Uh, Jesus in Luke 10, 16 says, He who hears you hears me, and he who rejects you rejects me. And him who rejects me rejects him, the Father who sent me. And so with that, he's like, Chuck, it's not that they're rejecting you. They're rejecting me. It's not that they're rejecting you. They're rejecting the light. It's not that they're rejecting you. They're rejecting the truth. Uh, I had an individual where he's like, man, how come you told this individual I was doing this or this or this or that? And, uh, and I'm, you, you know, you just assumed the worst in me. I'm like, I assumed right, you know? And so I was like, with that, uh, you're, you're, um, you're, you're not offended at me. You're offended at the truth. And so that's what it is um, for me. Rejection, you know, it, it hurts. Uh, I'd like to say it, it gets easier over time with my root, and it does. It does. Uh, the Lord has helped me a lot uh, on that, so I can't say that it doesn't get easier. I mean, there was a time where if I didn't perform to like a leader's liking or something like that, it would just absolutely crush me. I would be there uh, weeks, months, you know, maybe even years later. Yeah, there's been times, uh, and it just still just stewing over it. Like, oh man, I just really dropped the ball. I this and that. I don't. If, for those of you who know me, I don't drop the ball too often, man. I I'm still on the perfectionist side of the coin, where I'll fire all thrusters and do whatever it gets done. But occasionally, man, one slips through there, man. It just eats me up inside. Uh, but with that, I'm I'm learning that over the years. I'm learning that it, it, it's okay. I don't have to hit every ball out of the park, you know. All I got to do is is be obedient. And so my confidence goes from myself. Uh, my self-worth goes off of myself to my self-worth in Christ, you know. And so with that, um, I could say a lot more about this. I could go on and on about it. Where are we at here? 26 minutes. Um, I want to start uh, bringing this to a close. Uh, I've got a current situation right now. Um, rejection has gotten easier to some degree over time, but then sometimes it's been years later someone could say something that still hits the nerves. Um I'm about to publish this book. It's going to be out in six months. Um, I've been obedient in the trumpet that the Lord told me to sound in this book. Uh, he said AA is a broken foundation. People are dying. Uh, NA is a broken foundation. People are dying. So when I publish this book, 
it's it's not that I I'm, I'm trying I'm getting joy out of uh, calling these brothers out uh, and sisters out on the chink in their armor, man. Our brothers and sisters are dying, and God has given me light. He has given me revelation, and I am accountable for that. So when I publish this book, this is where rejection is meeting me in my life right now, and how I'm going to find healing and direction and hope and courage for this. Uh, when I publish this book, it's going to ruffle some AA feathers. Um, it's going to ruffle some NA feathers. It's going to ruffle the American Medical Association's feathers who say that addiction is a disease. Even it's a theory, but yet they're preaching and teaching it as fact. It's never been proven. Uh, I'm going to ruffle the, uh, the LGBTQ community thing when saying that uh, homosexuality is what the Bible calls a sin, and it's also a recovery issue or a life-controlling issue. And it's, again, it's not that I want to go out of my way to hurt anybody's feelings or this or that, but as a man of God, I'm far more concerned about your eternity than I am with offending you. And most of all, I'm most concerned as a, as a servant of God and being obedient to what Jesus has called me to do when he sounded the trumpet and said, warn him. So I'm not going to have your blood on my hand. So I'm, I've been obedient with that. However, uh, in this ruffling of the feathers, there's going to be a lashing out. There's going to be a reckoning. There's going to be a rejection from these organizations. And if the book takes off like I, I believe the Lord's telling me it is uh, and laying on my heart that it is, then there's going to be rejection on a amplified or massive scale. Now, on my own, I, I, I can't handle that. There, there's no way I can handle that. But through Christ, through the power of Christ, I can because Jesus says to me, I can do this all day. Yeah, Jesus can do this all day, but Chuck Chapman can't, you know, amen, somebody. And so with that, uh, the Lord's been preparing me. We're, we're six months out maybe from getting this book published, and he keeps giving me this verse. He keeps giving me this verse everywhere I go. It's in John 15, and I got it here on the screen for those of you watching. Um, John 15, 18 to 22. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Let me stop right there for a second. If the world hates you, this is Jesus talking. Keep in mind, he hated me first. I can't outrun this verse to save my life. Amen. Uh, he keeps. It's. I was reading a John Bevere book. It's in the Bevere book. It's in the uh, the sermons. It's in the uh, the stuff I listen to online. Uh, it's in my my Bible. It's just everywhere. I just I can't escape this verse. Jesus is letting me know. Listen, man. Uh, the world's going to hate you for this. They're not going to like you. You know. They're 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 not going to accept you. They are going to reject you. Uh, he's made it very clear, and he's leaving me without excuse. He's making it abundantly clear that this rejection's coming, uh, whether I'm ready for it or not. So let me jump back into this verse right here. Uh, if the world hates you, John 15, 18 to 22, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first, Chuck, is what it's saying. Or whoever's listening to this, put your name there. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. Sometimes we forget that. He's like, but I've chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. Uh, in other words, if, if, if they hated me, they're going to hate you, Chuck. If they persecuted me, they'll persecute you also. If they reject you, Chuck, they reject me. Uh, if they obeyed my teachings, now here, here's where it is. Now check this verse out. If they obeyed my teachings, they would also obey yours. They would treat you this way because of my name, not because of what you're doing, Chuck but because of what I've said in my word. For they do not know the one who sent me. God, they may think they know him, but the source is saying they don't. Uh, now, watch this right here, 22. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have come, and they have no 
excuse for their sin. I want to read that last verse for those of you listening online one more time. Verse 22, John 15, 22. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you, but I have found in my life that God leaves every single one of us without excuse. We can't say we didn't know or we knew we, we, we should have, we didn't know better. Uh, we know, man. God leaves us without excuse. You can't, there's no one that can say I didn't hear the gospel. Man, Jesus has sent somebody. Uh, Romans 1 and 2, I think it's what Romans 1 says all of uh, creation testifies to the existence of God and the Romans 2, the conscious, or vice versa there. But uh, there's an innate sense that there's a God, we're not him, and we're at odds with him. You know, Everybody's got that. Everybody's born with that, man. Even the most uh, remote tribes have some sense of a God. You know, that's innate. It's there. And so with that, man, God leaves us without excuse, man. Um, you know, no temptation has overtaken you except such as common demand, but God will be faithful and not allow the temptation, but will provide a way of temp- escape from the temptation, you know. Someone's wanting to look at something on pornography or something, man, isn't it odd that the phone happens to ring from a mother or brother or something right before giving you a way out? Uh, you have a chance, uh, so you, you, you take a resentment, you take a hurt, you take a rejection, you know, God will make a way to reconcile that, but oftentimes we don't want to do it. I had a situation where I met with my mentor this last week. He's like, how's things going with you and so-and-so? I'm like, well, I forgave him, but I didn't want to, you know, <laughs> he laughed. He's like, I'm going to have to remember that because none of us want to, and we don't, you know, but God's made a way. Will, will you take it? And so with that, for me, for me in this rejection, and I'm going to get to you here in a second, what this has to do with you. Uh, for me in the rejection, it isn't about me is what this verse is saying. I'm going to pull it back up for those of you online here. Oh, that's a later verse. Uh, if the world hates you, keep in mind. He's like, if the world rejects you, it's not about you, Chuck. You know, it, it has nothing to do with you. It, and so much it isn't about if you're rejected, if you're not rejected. It's about me working through you to not leave them without excuse. You follow me? If I had not come and spoken to them, they they would not be guilty, but now they have no excuse. So, yeah, you may be rejected. You may not. They may hit your nerve. Goliath may show up to the party and want to challenge you to a fisticuffs there, you know. Uh, but with that, um, it's not about that, man. It's about were you faithful in what I gave you, you know, and uh, you, I'm leaving them without excuse on that, that, man, uh, this recovery foundation of AA and NA, it's broken. Uh, the God of your own understanding is not the God of the Bible, no matter how much you may say or think it is. And we talk about that in the book. You can buy it here in six months. Uh, and this disease theory is just uh, an excuse removal. You know, it's it's a justification. It's a victim mentality. It's a finger pointing, blame shifting, just like we did in our addiction. And so with that, there it, it's it's about them being without excuse. But anyways, with this rejection, long story short, God says, it's coming, Chuck. It's It's coming. Uh, but not only did God give me a word of warning that it's coming, but he also gave me a promise. Now, I share with you my five stones or five promises and this and that. And one of them I said we'd come back later, and it was uh, it was from, uh, I want to say, John 15. No, uh, Joshua. We talked about John 15 already. God's given me a warning in Joshua 15 that the world hates you. It's, it's going to hate me. But he's also given us, given me a promise, something to stand on when the rejection comes, when the Goliath starts calling out my name, uh, when the storm, you know, billows and, and this and that, and it says move. Uh, he, God's given me a verse to say, no, you move. And it's Joshua 1.9. He says, have I not commanded you be strong 
and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is my promise. This is what I'm going to stand on when the rejection comes. Not if the rejection comes, but when the rejection comes. The same way I couldn't outrun that verse from John 15, this Joshua 1, 9 just kept coming to the forefront, coming to the forefront. Be strong, be courageous, which is exactly what I haven't been my entire life. But the Bible says God will make you bold as a lion, and so he's doing that. Every rejection, every abandonment, every ding, every check mark uh, that's ever been done to me. The Bible says in Romans eight twenty eight that he calls us all things to work together for the good. Not just some things, all things. And so all those rejections, all those abandonments, all those uh, feelings of inadequacy, God has been using them to build up a tolerance to me. Uh, to where I can handle this rejection by the grace of God uh, when the book is published. Because, again, it's not a matter of if I'm going to be rejected. It's not a matter of if I'm going to be hated. Uh, it's, it's, it's when. Uh, it says the darkness uh, fears the light. It does not come to the night. To the light, least its evil deeds exposed. When you shine light on somebody, man, you turn on the lights in the middle of the night, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's the same thing with sin. Same thing with sin, man. You shine the light on there, it's exposed, man. People lash out. They come out of the, the, the bed like a drunken man ready to fight, you know. And so with that, uh, this is my promise. Uh, I'm with you, Chuck, wherever you go. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. But I am with you, and no one. It says elsewhere in that, Joshua, that no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Man, he's given me wisdom to see things. And I don't say that in a prideful way. Man, I, I feel like I can't do nothing. I feel like there's something wrong with me. But I, I, I'd be a liar if I said otherwise. And the Lord has given me revelation. He's given me a, a, a mind to think critically. Like, no, 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 this, this, this program doesn't hold water. This is wrong. This is not the God of the Bible. And so he's promised me that I'm with you. Don't You, you ain't got nothing to be afraid of. If, I, if I'm for you. Who can be against you, you know? And so my God is an awesome God, you know, and I don't know about yours, but he's given me a promise. So now how does this apply to you? We're at the 36 markers. Time to, it's time to land this thing. Uh, how does this apply to you? I'm glad you asked. Uh, maybe you don't know what your um, root is. Uh, we're, the, today's episode's called Episode 7, Getting to the Root of Your Addiction. How do you get to the root of your addiction. Uh, maybe you don't know what it is. Maybe you do what it, know, know what it is, but you don't know where to begin uh, pulling it out. Uh, first thing, when it comes to roots, um, there's only one way to get them. You can try to mow over them. You know, uh, they just, they, it just cuts off the top. That doesn't work. You could try spraying them, but they're going to pop back up next season, this and that. Uh, there's only one way to get rid of roots, and that's to get down on your hands and knees and pull them out with your hands. Amen, somebody. And so with that, likewise, if you want to get to the root and start removing it or pulling it out piece by piece, the only way to do it is get down on your hands and knees before God and ask him for wisdom. The James 1.5, now remember this, if any of you, not some of you, not the people that got more than 30 days sober, not the people that got a year sober, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Man, when God told me I had a childhood issue of abandonment and rejection that fueled my drinking, it, he, he didn't find fault in me. He just said, son, this, this is what it is. This is what caused you, you to act and react to all of life situations. And so there's a promise there for you in James 1.5. No matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, or how far gone you are, if you want to know what is fueling this drinking, what causes you to relapse when you've got 10 days sober, 14 days sober, you know, uh, 16 years sober, what causes you 
to relapse, then you, if you're lacking wisdom on this, why, why am I doing this? Why do I love and hate the booze, the drugs, the alcohol, the uh, sexual promiscuity, the shoplifting, the gambling, the whatever? If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. And he's going he's gonna to answer, who gives generously to all without falling, and it will be given to you. Friends, that is a promise, a promise from God, the way that Josh, God's given me Joshua 1.9, that he's with me. That's a promise you can take to the bank. It's not dependent upon your feelings. It's just dependent upon your faith. If you don't know what your root is, this verse right here in James 1.5, look it up. Don't, don't just listen to me talking to you about it over the radio or YouTube or Facebook. Get your Bibles, get them out, open them, and put your nose right there in that book and read that. It says, if you're lacking wisdom, ask God, and he's going to give it to you. Say, God, what is the root Holy Spirit, what is the root of my addiction? Why do I do this, man? Maybe I wasn't nurtured enough. Maybe I had a, a, a parent who beat me. Maybe uh, I had this. Maybe I had that. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Um, maybe uh, my brother or sister got all the attention. It doesn't matter. You ask the Holy Spirit. Uh, I can't tell you what your root is. I can tell you what mine is, and, I, and I've been very transparent about that and how it has affected me is affecting me and is going to affect me. Uh, and so I work around my route. When I see something, when somebody rejects me today, I'm like, okay, why is this hurting me so much? Oh, they hit the root of rejection. But you need to ask God, what is the root of your rejection? You need to take that James 1.5 promise to the bank and says, God, uh, your word says, and Pastor Chuck says, if I bring this to you, you're going to tell me. And then you just take 20, 30 minutes, get along with God. You don't even have to pray. Or, I mean, you don't even have to say anything. You, you have to pray, but you don't have to say anything, say, God, I'm just going to ask you. Maybe an image will pop in your mind. Uh, maybe he won't answer you right there in that moment, but a verse will start coming up. Maybe you'll hear people talking about something in sermon. This is why you need to read your Bibles, pray, and go to church, folks. Uh, if, you, if you're not present for where God's speaking, then don't expect to hear from him. And so be there. Uh, go to a Bible group. Go to a small group. Go to something, man. Go to a church function, a picnic, or whatever. But, man, start reading a devotional, Jesus calling, utmost for his highest, whatever. If you ask God to show you what your root is, he's going to show you. That's that's all there is to it. But you've got to be present uh, and ready for marching orders. So with that, uh, pray. Ask him what is your root. And then you and the Holy Spirit together uh, can start removing it. Uh, if you need some help with that, uh, call us here at ASAP Recovery. Check out the website at uh, asaprecovery.com. Uh, we got a phone number on there. You can reach out. It'll, it'll call right here on my cell. I'd be happy to help you in any way I can. Uh, so will my wife, Lisa, our women's director here at ASAP Recovery. Uh, you might uh, want to check out our podcast. Uh, we're available at uh, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Anchor FM, Spotify, Reason FM, Amazon Music. Uh, there's a lot of ways to hear what God's doing in the recovery community. We would love for you to join us. Uh, just had a real good time talking to you today. It's good to be back. Uh, continued prayers on the book uh, for the people that are going to read it. There's people out there right now who have no idea about what's going on in their life and why there isn't recovery isn't working, building on the old foundation, but the answer's coming. God's already moving on it at this Christian Faith Publishing, uh, and uh, they're going to get it. But just have them start tugging on their hearts right now. Lord, would you start preparing the hearts to receive the uh, the planted seed, the trumpet warning that's coming from this book, Lord, and to turn away from that and to turn wholeheartedly unto you, God. And so uh, with that, just uh, really glad you joined us at ASAP Recovery, the podcast for people in recovery. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us today. Until we meet again, remember, you can be recovered.